Before we get started, just a reminder that you can listen to both of our weekly Monday and Wednesday episodes of the Tom and Hawk Football Show on Amazon Music and Alexa for free. Just ask Alexa to play the Tom and Hawk Football Show to listen directly through your Echo device. What's up, everybody? I'm Andrew Hawkins. And I'm Joe Thomas, and this is the mini-cast of the Tom and Hawk Football Show, bringing you all the latest news, but faster. Ten minutes for five stories from around the league. Let's get started. All right, Joe, first up, the Bengals snapped the Chiefs' eight-game win streak on Sunday and clinched the AFC North in the process. Jamar Chase was insane, basically winning Offensive Rookie of the Year in a million fantasy leagues all at once by posting three TDs 266 yards receiving. Joe, since he is red hot and just on time for the playoffs, my question, should they be everybody's AFC favorite with Joey B at the helm? I think they are the AFC favorites right now, and it's all about that connection that Joe Burrow has with Jamar Chase. They are electric, even better than when they were connecting in college at LSU, but More importantly for this AFC race, it's the Bengals' defense that's been impressing me because we didn't really know this defense full of no-name starters and what they were going to be able to do when they came together, but they have come together in a big way. Halftime yesterday in that game, they didn't look very good, but they made a lot of good adjustments. And in the second half, they only allowed three points to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, allowing Joe Burrow and that offense to come back. And so when you have complimentary football, that's exactly the type of thing that can get you through the playoffs into the Super Bowl. Yo, Joe Burrow is a killer, man. I mean, we said that literally from day one we've ever met the dude. Whenever we've been exposed to him, we knew he was going to be a guy that at some point in his career was going to take over the league. The question is, is it this season? I'm hoping that Zach Taylor can keep that guy protected because I think that's the only thing that's standing in the way. Late in that game, he ran a couple questionable calls at the end to try to eat some clock up that almost got Joe Burrow hurt. And I started to have flashbacks of the 2000 and what was it, 2009 Bengals or 2007 Bengals that, you know, had this incredible team and then Carson Palmer got hurt. So if they can keep him healthy, I'm with you, Joe. I think they are the AFC favorite. Yeah, the Bengals, they look really good, and they're hot at the right time. But you know who isn't looking good and who is not hot at the right time? And that is the other team in the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens. Matt Stafford and the Rams overcame three early turnovers to hand Baltimore their fifth straight close loss. The Ravens were without Lamar for their third game in a row, and now they need a win against the Steelers, plus a whole bunch of help to sneak into this year's playoffs. Hawk, the Ravens started the season 8-3 and three, and now are 8-8. Eight and eight. Was this just all-time bad luck with all sorts of injuries? Or do you think that they just kind of need to retool and rethink what this team should be in the offseason? I'm going with injuries, man. I'll give you this credit. Early in the season, you were exactly right. You were like, hey, these guys are winning games despite of all their injuries, but they're relying heavily on one player to do so. And I think now we're seeing that, you know, kind of effect happening retroactively, right? Like these, they are too injured. They are a little bit of a patchwork team. We don't look at the Ravens and say, oh, man, this is one of the best teams in the league talent-wise because they don't have the guys that they set out for starting the season, and that's a hard way to win. I think they've done better than expected, but I'm not super surprised that they're losing games down the stretch, especially without their MVP quarterback. And that's always been my concern with Lamar Jackson at quarterback because when your quarterback is finishing with the football in his hand as much as Lamar Jackson is getting tackled, eventually those tackles are going to add up and you're going to get dinged up because that's just the nature of the game of the NFL football, and that's just the nature of playing quarterback when you are a quarterback that gets hit and tackled like he does. 
And unfortunately, at the wrong point in the season, Lamar has to go out and then he can't have his magic down the stretch to win some of those close games that they were winning early on. But hopefully Lamar can get back in these last game and then maybe into the playoffs and give him an opportunity because John Harbaugh has done an unbelievable job keeping this team together, keeping them competitive well, losing almost everybody on their roster and their MVP at quarterback. Absolutely. Well, moving over to the NFC, the Cowboys lost to the cards. They're both 11 and 5. The Bucks snuck out a win versus the New York Jets to get to 12 and 4. Uh, more on that in a minute. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers blew out the Vikings to get to 13 and 3 and possibly could have ended the MVP debate. Joe, is it me or the Packers starting to really distance themselves as the best team in the NFC? Yeah, here's another team that's playing great football in December. They've got complimentary football with their defense playing well. Aaron Rodgers playing MVP football right now. And so they're easily the class of the NFL, not just the NFC. It's all about that balance that they have. But the concern that I have for the Packers is now they're going to be coasting into the playoffs. They're going to get a bye, and they're going to have a long layoff where there's a big opportunity where they could kind of get out of sync and get a little bit rusty. And that's not the formula that you want in today's NFL with all the parity that we have. You want to be hot in December and have to really fight, scratch, and claw to get into the playoffs like we saw the Buccaneers last year. And then you can go on that little bit of run. I worry with all these teams getting better through December. If Green Bay just puts it on cruise control, they won't be ready when they need it come playoff time the thing i like about green bay is that they've been consistent like throughout the entire season they're, they're the one team probably in the league that you could see all year and say yo they're good every step of the way even their first loss of the season was so early on it was kind of a shock the second one comes when jordan loves that quarterback and the third one was down to the wire against the vikings they've been good from start to finish and the cards can't say that the buccaneers can't say that the cowboys can't say that and so that's why i'm like yeah not only are they the NFC favorite, I don't think it's close. I think we can almost guarantee that they're going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Mm, oh, well, that'll be interesting to see. But let's stay in the NFC and talk Tampa Bay. Some big time headlines made on the sidelines Sunday when Antonio Brown tore off his jersey. He tore off his undershirt, threw it into the crowd and walked off the field. No longer being a Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coach Arians is in his postgame press conference says Antonio Brown is no longer a buck. Tom Brady asked people to show A.B. some compassion and empathy around the situation. And remember, these two guys were willing to give A.B. more chances after several serious issues, including this season when he was supposedly on a one strike and you're out policy. Now, reports are coming out right now that the coaches asked A.B. to go back in the game. He refused because his ankle was hurt. And that led to this situation. And I'm really curious, Hawk, as far as this goes, when you get hurt and you're telling the coaches, I can't go in and they're trying to force you, does AB have a beef to be able to go out the way you did? You know what? If this is so nuanced that I feel like we're going to have to unpack this on our longer episode. Make sure you listen for that Tomahawk football show coming out on Wednesdays, wherever you get your podcast. But I'll start with this. It doesn't surprise me that a coaching staff doesn't trust a player who says his ankles hurt weeks after he faked a vaccination card, mm. right? That's that's not a shocker to me. It's also not a shocker that as players, we know our trump card is always, you can't tell me how my body feels. So his ankle <laughs> could be hurt or his ankle could not be hurt, but we've all gone through our career knowing that no matter what, we've always had that ace in our hole, right? So there becomes the friction on the sideline. So it was, you know, very weird and strange to watch him walk off of the sideline. I've never seen that. Vontae Davis even retired from the locker room at halftime. He waited till he's got it inside there. Um, but I will say, if they cut him on the sideline, 
I don't know if I'm sticking around. If, if a coach tells you you're not on the team and there's a half a game to go, what do you do, Joe? Well, first of all, if it's not the general manager telling me or the head coach telling me that I'm not on the team anymore, I'm pretty much going to kind of blow it off. Because, you know, <laughs> if you're a lowly tight ends coach or O-line coach, like, I feel like you may want to act like you're a tough guy, but in the end, you don't have any more power than I do. So I'm taking it to the top. <laughs> but I don't know what I don't understand is why Bruce Arians and Tom Brady didn't get involved because those were the guys that were the biggest cheerleaders of Antonio Brown. They were the guys that mm. were supposedly building this culture for him that he could flourish and that he wouldn't have any of his mental issues um, in a situation that was built with a guy that he has respect for, like Tom Brady. And so to me, it was unfortunate that somehow the lines of communication got a little bit blurred and understanding how to handle a B clearly uh, was not handled the right way. And Mike Tomlin is not getting enough credit throughout his time in the NFL because <laughs> he had Antonio Brown on his roster flourishing for a, almost a decade. And you hardly ever heard any situations until right at the end. And so I think Mike Tomlin might need to get some retroactive credit and maybe some retroactive coaches of the year for being able to handle AB and get the most out of him for all these years, drama-free. All right, last topic, Joe. Quickly, the NFC East teams have been bringing their own heated benches ever since the Washington football team debacle back in Week 14. It's happened with Philly, Dallas, and the football team. Joe, does this prove that the NFC East is the pettiest division in football, or are heated benches just that important? Mm, I love a nice warm tush and nice warm tootsies when I come to the sideline. So mm. for a couple of guys that have played a lot of cold games in our career, we understand that the most important thing is those heated benches on the sideline, especially when it's about zero degrees. And hey, you bring your own shoulder pads, you bring your own helmet, you bring your own jock strap to a game. Why wouldn't you bring your own heated benches? The only thing I'll say is if they escalate this thing and they start bringing their own urinals, then I think we need to put a stop to it. But right now, I'm loving this. I love the pettiness. This is what the NFL needs more of. The next step is going to be teams selling ad space on those heated benches, Joe. BYOHB, bring your own heated benches. All right, well, that does it for this week's minicast episode. And remember, our Monday minicast is now available everywhere for the rest of the football season, so you can listen to both our Monday and the Wednesday shows on Amazon Music or wherever you listen. Joe, take us out. Joe Hawk yourself.